building downtown. Along with Jay Kelly, this is Joe Rizzo, and you are listening to, well, you could be listening to Rear Naked Choke Radio, you could be listening to The Building Downtown, you could be listening to both of them, you could be doing it once, you could be doing it twice, we don't really care, we just wanted to bring you some cool stuff as we chat tonight about the world of MMA and UFC 247, which is... Uh, by the time you're listening to this, it could be past you. It could be nearly upon us. But uh, we wanted to just do a quick uh, uh, emergency show ahead of it. So you can follow Rear Naked Choke Radio at RNC Radio on Twitter. And you can follow me, Joe Rizzo, at Rear Naked Choke, all one word. Yes, the original, no underscores or anything like that. And uh, Jay, why don't you do this stuff for the for the building downtown? Uh, Jay Kelly, Jay Kelly MMA is what you can follow me on Twitter. And the building downtown on Twitter has been recently changed to at the building DT for downtown at the building DT. And follow, subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, all those places. It's fun. I actually listened to the building downtown on uh, Amazon Alexa before. I asked Alexa, I said, Alexa, play the building downtown podcast. And it started playing episode five so uh i think or no it started playing episode six so i guess this is episode seven of that and it's episode like a million of rear naked choke radio this is what we're doing like we like jay and i we uh we do these like dual episodes now when we both just feel like talking (laughs) so this is what you're left with but you know jay so we this is not going to be a long one tonight but uh or today depending on where you are there is no tonight there is no today it's just friday (laughs) um so you have you have john jones against dominic reyes and you have valentina shevchenko against caitlin chukagian our old buddy and actually i'm sitting here looking on my computer at the raw audio of the first time caitlin ever was on a show and it was on Rear Naked Choke Radio, and she was sitting with Matt Leung and I. Happy birthday, Matt. He just had a birthday. Um, it, it And it was cool. You know, it's cool to watch this uh, where, you know, she's she's not very heralded. Um, and she's getting a title shot here at the in the women's flyweight division. And, you know, Dominic Reyes is not very heralded, and he's getting a shot at John Jones in the light heavyweight division. So what we have here, Jay, is we have two really big underdogs and while i'm yammering here if you wanted to pull up the odds we could just determine how big of underdogs they are but uh it, it, it they're they're big underdogs so if you saw even one upset here they would be uh pretty monumental and and if you saw two um it would be an historic night in the ufc so the thing that really impressed me i was watching the video of um, the uh, the panel, like where they they had three of the fighters. They also so uh, Reyes and Chikagian were were there with uh, Ilya Latifi, who's fighting the Black Beast Derek Lewis to to start off the main card. But you know, Jay, like I even went as far after it to text you and to remark that I was just I was so surprised at how calm and calculated the demeanor was of the two big underdogs. They were on the panel together. Like, they just... It's not that they were saying the right things. That's not just it. It's that I was... I bought 
I bought in. The demeanor's there. Like, I was just surprised to see, like, this is, this is, this is how you would act if you were, you know, a, a, a real, um, and I don't want to say contender in, in terms of like, listen, they're contending for the title. If they win, they walk out with a belt. That's not what I mean. Like, when Vegas knows, right? Like, they know what, they know what to expect. So sometimes people are, uh, you know, not that big of an underdog. In this case, I think you have two really, really big underdogs. And the presentation of the challengers here was definitely, you know, felt much more like the way Tony Ferguson would would approach, you know, a thing like where he's really calm and he's just really confident of of what he could do. And uh, you know, I, I don't know if you pulled up those lines yet, but I'd really I'd really like to know what they are because I, I did. It really I did. stuck. It really stuck out for me. I pulled up the lines, and uh, so first of all, we'll start with uh, John and Dominic. Okay, John minus fifty five fifty, Dominic plus four hundred. I want to go back to touching on their demeanor, though. We'll we'll we'll, we'll get to the knees first, but I want to go back to touching on their demeanor, like you brought up. Now, minus five fifty, John Jones plus four hundred, underdog Dominic Reyes. Take taking a guess. What do you think the minus line for Shevchenko is? Take, oh, it's got to be, I would say, 1,050. 1,200. 1,200, plus, okay. Plus 700 for Caitlin. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, essentially if Caitlin won, that would be, you know, in line with the biggest title fight upset or even maybe regular fight upsets in UFC history. I mean that's how big it is, and and once again for for those not indoctrinated into our our lore, um, an upset is based on the the uh, the Vegas betting line, not what you think is a mismatch or not a mismatch. Upset has to do with betting lines. That's that's you know there, there's there's a way to actually measure this. So like B J Penn losing to Frankie Edgar the first time that was you know on on par with the biggest ever. Matt Sarah over George St. Pierre. Uh that mm-hmm. you know that, that that's 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 what we're talking about like that kind of stuff. So, huge anyway. huge. I think even bigger. I think even bigger. Um I think the the one thing with the uh, uh especially the the Frankie Edgar. It's not like Frankie was completely unknown, but going into that BJ Penn fight, he definitely was not as well known as BJ Penn. He didn't have the respect of BJ Penn. I mean, for Christ, they, they gave Penn an immediate rematch, and Frankie beat him even worse the second time. And that's when people started respecting uh, uh, Frankie a little more and taking notice of his skills, right? Um, so the, uh, the unknown, but as far as um, uh, skill-wise apart, uh, I, I, think, I think it'd be an even bigger upset than uh, Frankie and BJ or... Um, any other examples we can think of? Like uh, you brought up Sarah and Penn. Remember, Matt Sarah, he won the UFC or the Ultimate Fighter comeback show. He was already in the UFC for, I think it was four fights. So there, there was a, a, a little bit of... Uh, uh, and that, that's back when the, the lightweight division, I'm pretty sure he was in, wasn't he? Because he was in that four-man tournament where Din Tom... Was it Din Thomas? No, Shoney Carter hit him with a spinning back fist. Um <laughs> Right, so uh, so you know they they were known a little bit more, I'd say, and uh, skill wise, they had been there, they had fought the competition, 
Um, I think if Caitlin upsets Valentina, because the the difference in Valentina and the rest of the division is massive, just massive. Nobody's even getting close to touching Valentina, uh, skill wise, experience wise, uh, and, and not just MMA experience. I mean martial arts experience. She was a beast in in Muay Thai and kickboxing and stuff before any of this. I think if Caitlin if Caitlin pulls off the upset, I think it'll be possibly the biggest we've ever seen uh, in the UFC. It's it would be on par. I mean, you you have three losses for Shevchenko. Two of them were to Amanda Nunez, right? That's that's yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's those are excusable, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, no shit. Yeah, you know, and and none since September ninth, twenty seventeen. Her other loss, interestingly enough, you have to go all the way back to uh, twenty ten, and that's when she lost to, believe it or not, Liz Carmouche in C three fight, the Red River rivalry in in Concho, Oklahoma. Um, you know what? What you don't realize here is. Um, you know, I don't know really how this is possible, but Shevchenko's 31 and she has, you know, MMA fights dating back to 2003. Like, is that, how is that? Like, that can't be right. Right. Mm. Like, that's a little, that's a little sketchy. Like, how old was she? I mean, that, that math, that math doesn't add up. So I don't know about, I don't know about this. (laughs) I don't know about this record that we're that we're seeing, you know. It, it, but what you have to look at is look at, at you know. So she so she's avenged the loss to Liz Carmouche, right? Um, that was her last fight in back in August, uh, and then somehow like Liz Carmouche got like released after that, which doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Um, leaving, she wasn't cre- she leaving uh, a a UFC press duty thing too? Yeah, or she was at it. Yeah, she was at like a like an appearance. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sort. sure she yeah. was in the car with um, like a UFC executive or a matchmaker or something. Um, on like she just left and was going to I don't know the hotel or going to wherever. I'm pretty sure she just left and was in the car, and she got the news in the car just after doing the um, whatever was press duty she had. Or maybe it was yeah, like, I, a fighter appearance thing or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. D- d- don't quote us on this. We're we're not good with facts. Um, but uh, yeah, that uh, they did her dirty. So let, let's look at let's look at the recent wins, right? So she had the crazy head kick knockout of Jessica I. She yeah. uh, had the unanimous decision over. Uh, Joanna Champion to win the flyweight belt, but you know before that she beat Priscilla uh, Cachuara. Yeah, she lost to Amanda Nunez. Almost she, death. <laughs> she she uh, yeah she beat uh, Juliana Pena. She beat Holly Holm. Uh, she had lost to Nunez before that. She beat Sarah Kaufman. That was her UFC debut back in in 2015. Um, and your uh, your old pal Jan Finney is on the victim list as well. <laughs> I'll have to go to Legacy Fight uh, Legacy Fighting Thirty Nine for that one. Just 
just uh, just so I could get that in for you. Um, so, listen, that is uh, who she's had in front of her, and there's some really good names on there, right? But mm-hmm. we don't really know how good Caitlyn is. Like, we don't really know. And I guess if you wanted to look at it and say, there's a little more here that, that, that you don't know that could make her, I mean, I don't want to go as far as to say she's a live underdog just because, listen, I in this case, yes, I have a dog in the fight. Before, you know, as we were talking before, I literally have the audio up from the first time she was ever on a any kind of, like, podcast. She was on this show, like, in 2011 like sitting with us before she even had an amateur fight um so yeah i mean i'm rooting for caitlin chikagian in here um but look look at her losses like she lost to liz carmouche also she lost a split decision to jessica i that i thought she won um you know she beat jennifer maya she beat joanne calderwood she beat alexis davis she beat Irene Aldana. She beat Mara Romero Borello's, you know, a step down from him. She beat Lauren Murphy. I mean, if you want to compare opponents, you know, they're they're in the same realm. It's just that well, she doesn't she doesn't have a win over like a Joanna. But that doesn't mean she couldn't beat her if she was against her. And, and in which case, then you're starting to even out the opponents here, right? Let's um, look at the most recent that would be their common opponent is Jessica I. Caitlin took her to a split decision. Valentina took her head off. That's right, so, fair, right? I, I mean, and, and right. I know, I know, Caitlin was on the wrong side of that fight. I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a, a, a big fan of MMA math because it really it doesn't matter a whole lot. Um, but you know, if you want to go that route, I think that's the the thing that's most significant if you're looking at um, opponents in common, how they performed against them. Valentina just fought Jessica. Caitlin fought Jessica what, a little over a year ago. Uh, what, 14 months ago? And uh, fuck, 14 months ago to almost the day. Yeah. Um, uh, and she took her to a split decision. The Calderwood Talk wins to- a nice win, but I mean, that, that, is, a, that is a very good win. Lexus Davis is a good win, too. They're all good wins. I mean, you, you know, listen. Uh, when, if we're talking about Jessica I, you know, she's been, um, you know, she's she's been up and down in her career, you know. she's She's had times where she's been, you know, pretty inconsistent. And, you know, I, 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 I think Chukagian got the best Jessica I that night. And I think Shevchenko might've forced her to be the worst. Um, so again, like, like, do we want to put a lot of stock into that fight with, like you said, the MMA math? Um, you know, what about the fact that, you know, Carmouche is a common opponent. And listen, is it, maybe it's just a case that the line is a little lopsided and it's, you know, we've seen these lines get out of hand for for these you know champions on the women's side when they're perceived to be so super dominant, and you just got to tap the brakes a little bit 
and and say, Dude. okay, but who who is it? Who is it that they beat? And how we, are they we, beating we did, it? We did one of these dual shows for the for the uh, Conor McGregor card and Roxanne Modafari fighting uh, Macy Barber. That's exactly what we're talking about. How the line was just disrespectful. That line doesn't add up to the actual skills of the the mixed martial artists. So yeah, I mean that's you're you're one hundred percent right saying this that the line doesn't the the line tells a story but not the complete story and it can get way out of hand, especially <clears throat> when uh, Caitlin, you know D- Dominic is uh, he's unknown but not as unknown as Caitlin right. There's, more people know him than her. And even through this uh, this press run leading up to the fight, there's more attention on Dominic because he's fighting John. And the the attention that's on Valentina, it's there because she's co-main, but it doesn't rub off as much on Caitlyn. Like, she's not <clears throat> out there as much as, as Dominic, right? Because it's just Dominic's fighting John. That's exactly why. And <clears throat> uh, so the, the bet's coming in. Rightfully so, Valentina should be the favorite. But where that, that rub is not as strong, where you're not seeing Caitlyn as much, people aren't, you know, clicking that button to say, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. What else can this chick do? Let's see, you know, I don't know her, but let's see her last fight. Let's take a look at where she came from and whatever else. That rub's not as, as strong. So, yeah, like the, the, a line like this is can easily get way out of control and not necessarily tell the story. This, this, the true story of where they compare, right, going into the fight? So the point is that we've – this is a cyborg line. <laughs> like, I don't exactly. know how to call, Like, remember exactly. that and, – and let me tell you something. In those fights where cyborg would – you know, cyborg would sometimes be minus 2,000, minus 1,900. She was always minus 1,200, Nuts. whatever. Yeah. And you know what? It was a bargain because you knew that she was going to go in there and just destroy who, like whoever was in there with her was just going to fight to, to, to stay alive and, and survive like for as long as they could with very few exceptions. Like, and then finally, once she got up against like an Amanda Nunez, we, we saw it just, the line was nearly like, you know, something like even and, you know, Nunez just, just housed her. Um, this is not like I, I, I do not get the feeling that Shevchenko is just going to run in there and just speed bump Chikagian. I, I just don't see it. And interestingly enough, I don't get the feeling that Jones is going to go in there and speed bump Reyes either. Um, but that line is a little more, you know, realistic Minus of five fifty plus four hundred. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not you know that's 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 a that's a favorite. Uh, that's of correct. A champion, yeah. That yeah, that line that seems, correct. Yeah, that that seems like you know. If we Reyes don't know, wins, we don't... of course, it's a huge upset. But it's not. Yeah. It's not like on the on the lines of you know. I mean, yeah. it's actually it would, it actually would be pretty big considering like Jones has you know the the one fake loss on his record. Yeah, but it would be but... bigger for that as much as like you know fighter versus fighter you know, capability, capabilities of one and capabilities of the other, it, this, that wouldn't be much of a stretch from what I've seen. I mean, Reyes impresses the hell out of me. And you know me, I'm not easily impressed. Really? I did not know this about you. You're <laughs> impressed with Dominic Reyes. I, like, I, uh, 
I I have no reason to shit all over him. He's he's good and everything, but um, uh, there's before when you're talking about demeanor. Uh, do you think that there could be? And I'm not saying this is this is definitely it. I find it more so with Dominic, just because he's he's always fidgeting. I was watching him on Sports Center the other day, and he's sitting in the chair, and his knees are just going back and forth, almost smacking together. Like he, he's just so anxious. Every and even at the um, the ceremonial weigh-ins, they uh, he's shaking his arms and he's always moving his shoulders and he's twitching and fidgeting. He seems a little nervous and out of pocket, but has this belief for like you said about like demeanor on the the athlete panels, the, the thing that you were watching. Um, that it's not like a a, a confidence, like a, like a like a cocky confidence, but you know a, a real belief in yourself. But do you think that there's a bit of being naive to that, especially with Dominic? Like I said, where I get it, where it's like that. He he doesn't really know what he's getting into. He believes he can beat what he thinks he's getting into. Um, I kind of get that vibe from him. And that's where he seems um, a little too collected, like on that athlete panel. And like you said, it's not just about giving the right answers. It's the, the whole demeanor. It's that. But then, like I said, the, the fidgeting, the constantly moving, and, and just the the answers, too, to a lot of questions. Or like on the Countdown show... Dominic saying things multiple times like, oh, well, you know, even if I lose, I lose to the best in the world. Even even if I lose, I I made it here to fight for a title. Why? What's this even if I lose shit? Do you think Joanna has ever said even if I lose? Do you think Frankie Edgar has ever said even if I lose when he goes into a fight? Not a chance. Not a chance. Um, So do you think... uh, you know, sometimes that, well, let's just say in these, in this case specifically, do you think that there could be a little bit of that or you're, you're They might be a little naive. Caitlin has been in, into martial arts forever. And she's even said in interviews leading up to this, that this, this is just part of her life. Like the, the martial arts, who she is, everything. She's never rushed anything. Christ, you had her on her first interview ever. And look how, um, her career progressed. It's not like uh, she had all kinds of ups and downs. She didn't rush anything. She just took things slowly and and got to where she is. So it's maybe not as much as her being naive as like Dominic, like I say. But do you think that could be a factor where they think that, you know, I'm, I can do this because I, I know how skilled I am. I know the people I'm around. I know what people who I think are... You know, I hold at a certain level. They've complimented me. And now that I'm fighting Valentina, who is the, the kingpin of that 25 division, or like John, the, obviously the not even the kingpin of 205 division, but possibly the best fighter of all time. Many people consider that. Best mixed, best mixed martial artist we have seen yet. Um, yeah, they, 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 they believe in themselves, and their belief is, is not, it's not false. It's not cockiness. But they just, they don't really understand that Shevchenko or Jones level? I, here's what I think, though. I, I think Reyes just thinks he's going to win. Like, he believes he's going to win. Um, and and I, I just, it's, a, it's I, like, when you see it, it's, it's just different than sometimes, like, people just say it. But, like, 
he just believes he's going to win. And, and, and Caitlin, like she even said it, she's like, I'm not going in there to just survive. Like you fight completely different when you do that. And she even went as far as to say things like, you know, I watched her opponents when they went against her. And then I watched her opponents when they went against other people. And she's like, it's, it's, it's very different. Like she's had a lot of people defeated before they even stepped in the cage with her. Now, that's a really great observation. That I is. didn't go and back. That's, at, that's a that's I, a real observation too. That is We've a seen real that observation. In the past. We saw it with Anderson Silva for years, right? Until Chael Sonnen was like, "Fuck him! I'm going to put my arms up and walk right at him. I'm not going to yeah. sit there and see how long do I survive." So what what you're saying, Caitlin said, that's a real life observation. I didn't go back and and try to like verify you know that after I heard it because it was only you know earlier in the day before we. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before we, you yeah. and I are talking here, but that it, when you're just looking for stuff like that, you're look like some people are looking for an excuse to lose or, or an excuse for if they lose. She's looking for excuses to win. I mean, that's what you're doing when you're in there. Now, if you could just get it to the point where you're breaking down skill set against skill set, Shevchenko, no question, is is more impressive because she's just got a larger body of work. But Chukagian is a tough matchup for a lot of people. If you can't get your hands on her, she's very, very difficult because she's long and she can kick and punch and she disguises her kicks and her punches well. She doesn't have a lot of tells. Here's another thing. That's interesting about she and uh, Reyes. You you feel like these are you know young upstarts, these new kids on the block. And uh, do you know Reyes is thirty? He's twelve and zero, but he's thirty. And Chikagian mm-hmm. is thirty one. She's a year and two days older than him. So these are like you said. She never rushed her career. I used to talk to Jamal Patterson, who's you know been deeply involved in. Uh, Chikagian's career, and he's been on this show a million times. Former IFL fighter, um, and you know, just all around good dude. He he, like, kept her back for so long. Like, forget about being rushed. I used to be like, dude, when are you gonna like unleash her on the world? And you know, now, sure, I mean. She doesn't have a lot of miles on her, but she's 31. So she's still in in a prime age. She's kind of at that spot in her career where she's got the knowledge and she still has the physical abilities. So, you know, that's the marriage that helped Randy Couture become a champ and stay a champ for a long time. He had all the years of wrestling and everything like that, but then – you know, by the time he switched to MMA, he still had enough tread on the tire where his knowledge and his abilities were able to match up. And, you know, she's if there was ever a time where Caitlin could pull off an upset like this, I think this is the time. Like, I, I think this is it. People could argue, they could say, well, you know, she won two in a row. And she's getting this, and it wasn't even that long ago that she lost to Jessica I. 
Well, you know what? This is her opportunity. This is her window. Um, she's also been a grinder. She's, you know, has gone the distance. What is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times in a row. Doesn't have a finish in, uh, in the UFC. Doesn't have a lot of finishes in her career, but, you know, in, in a fight like this, you might not need to finish. You know, you might just need to take Shevchenko to the to the deep waters, you know, wear her out a little bit, show that you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get thrown around and, you know, have good defense and not take a lot of damage and then give it back when you can. I mean, you could listen. You How many times have we seen craziness when fighters are going to decisions, championship fights or not? It's it's you don't have to like destroy the champ to beat the champ in a decision. We've seen that no. over and over again in the UFC. No, it no, is not it's, it's, it is not like boxing. <laughs> you know, it's a round it's a round by round scored thing. You if you if you outwork the person round by round by round, I mean, uh, that gets you the victory. Um, Caitlin, uh, one thing that she does that's I don't, I don't I'm not going to say this is going to cause problems for Valentina, but. A thing that uh, someone like Valentina, she sets up to throw a lot and uh, like hands or feet. Caitlin doesn't stop moving. It, it's just ta- tap, 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 and her head is her head is always off that center line as well, right? So uh, the the power is definitely on Va- Valentina's side there, but like that that can be frustrating enough where you can't set to throw your, your combinations because you're constantly getting this little pitter-patter, pitter-patter, pitter-patter that gets frustrating. And then if you do throw something out of frustration where Caitlin's head's always moving, you're going to miss. Um, so you you saying uh, t- Caitlin taking down a legit decision victory, that's a, that's a, a real possibility. A thing that's come up a lot that I want to ask you about, back to uh, Jones and Dominic. Dominic played... Uh, Defensive back in college. I know there's this whole thing going around how Dominic says he's an athlete. John's never faced an athlete. I mean, that's ridiculous. Whatever. So we're not going to get into all that or his athlete credentials. But he was a defensive back through high school, had a full ride through college, tried out for some NFL teams. And Dominic keeps talking about he lives in space. It's all about being in spaces. And that's what he... Uh, he brought over from his football career or like football days to MMA is that he, he can, when someone's coming at him, he can gauge their distance, how fast they're coming and where he needs to be. And same with where he needs to be to get out of the way. And then right back on them. You watch a lot of football, you know, a lot about sports. Do you think this is a thing that could play a factor? Well, first of all, he can't say that because a common opponent is uh, OSP, who played football at the University of Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. So and I, well, I mean, the first thing, if we're gonna go to like any of his football skills, John knows these two guys. They share the same last name as him. I, I'm pretty sure they're good at football too. Uh, Chandler and Arthur Jones. So I mean, if 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 it was a real big factor, I'm sure he could get some help. Um, if it was a, a football related thing, but is that that for that position in football and like being um, uh, spatial awareness? I think he keeps calling it. 
Is that a legit thing for that? And can it be translated to MMA? And do you think that um, that is a thing that you've seen in his fight style in the past? Yeah, it's 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 athletic explosiveness, and you saw it in guys. So here's a good one: if you've watched the UFC for a long time, but you're trying to figure out, like, like, okay. What does it really mean, like, if a guy was, you know, a high-level football player, like, does that mean he can fight or he can't fight? But, like, yeah, a but guy like Matt... Back. Yeah, but it's it still, it, it, it's, it's, yeah, they're I all mean, well Leon with it. Leon Lett's not going to kickbox you to death. Right, but it's, it, it's, what it is is the explosiveness. So, what football players do is, they're exerting... Are for no Leon Lett? I thought you would <laughs> that one. Uh, yeah, yeah that, that was so. pretty good. Leon Lett. That was pretty good, but I know I know uh, all Canadians know stuff about the Buffalo Bills. Um, oh, I didn't even know so, he was a Buffalo Bill. I just knew. Well, he, he wasn't. He wasn't. It's the Cowboys played the Buffalo Bills in that Super Bowl where Leon Lett was running into the end zone with the ball, and then Don Beebe, you know, caught him from behind improbably and knocked the ball out of his hands right before. Oh, I he thought was, he was just. I thought he was famous just because he was so fat. Wasn't he like no. four or five hundred pounds? No, 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 no. Oh, he was I'm really good. He's a really good. I'm thinking player. the wrong dude. That I'm thinking of someone who's just like a slob that played NFL football. Well, the refrigerator, William, the refrigerator, Perry. Maybe he I was. Don't know. I thought it was he Leon was. Lett. He was considered big at the time, but you know. Anyway, but so here's the thing about like go back to like a guy like Matt Mitrione. Okay, he he did play in the NFL. That's a good one. He, he was not. He was not a you know great player he was a fringe player in the nfl but here's the here's the thing what these guys have is like five second explosiveness the way that these football players are used to living is they are as full tilt athletes as you could be for five to seven seconds at a time and then you know they're they're 30 seconds 40 seconds off and then boom explosiveness like like to car accident levels for, for collisions and things like that. And, yes, that goes for defensive backs as well. And, listen, Dominic Reyes played for Stony Brook. That's not far from, from where I am. It's in, it's in Long Island. And, you know, it's, that's not Tennessee, okay? It's not Tennessee. Uh-huh. But, that's a, but there are NFL players coming from all over uh, different rosters in all different levels of schools. So that's that's – Fine. He's he was explosive enough, and yes, there is something to that. Um, when a, when a a player that could play football, look, if you're getting even considered for the NFL, that's a pretty big deal. That means you're a high enough level athlete. He's he's doing a lot of things right. If he could get even be considered for the NFL, you don't even have to make it. Um, so, what does it mean when a guy like him? takes that athletic prowess and then concentrates it into fighting and transfers it to fighting. So mm-hmm. he still has he still has that ability to close the gap in a very, very short time. And he has the ability to make time and space disappear, which is generally the objective of pretty much every sport. But it, it, it happens, you know, in, in different ways in different sports. And in football, you're always closing gaps to close time and space to create a, a collision. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's also what you do in fighting. And in football, you have 
a very large area in which to do it, but what you're trying to do as a defensive back is limit that area in general so you direct the other player who's usually a wide receiver or tight end or possibly a running back. You want to direct that player with your body language to go in a, into a position where you can close the time and space and create the collision and take them down or push them out of bounds or whatever. So mm-hmm. there, to me, there's definitely something to that. Your point is, listen, John Jones has two brothers that have Super Bowl rings. <laughs> you know, one of whom's yeah, yeah. been like NFL Defensive Player of the Year, and like one's a Pro you know, Bowler or some shit too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, they're both great. Yeah. Like they're both. I mean, Arthur, I don't think. I don't think Arthur's playing anymore, but Chandler is a top. You know, he's yeah, a top did, of the. Did one of them guys. just get something this year? Pro Bowl or some shit? I don't know. Yeah, Chandler. Football. Chandler Jones is usually in the Pro Bowl every year. I mean, he's a, he's been a great player. Oh, oh, oh! I thought there was something he did this year. It was like a first time thing, or maybe it was the Pro Bowl was announced, and it, it's just I thought it was a first time thing or whatever. But no, he, either way, he's, so, he's been on top for a while. So, but listen, there is something to that, and you know, but OSP. That's one of the things that OSP also has. Like OSP started fighting a little bit later in his career, but you could see there were certain guys that he just figured out how to beat because he's not just a superior athlete, but a superior athlete with superior you know thinking involved in it and, and good preparation. And Mitrione did the same thing. Mitrione almost never impressed me as a fighter, yet... All the guy did was win, <laughs> you know. He would find <laughs> ways to win, and you're like, "How is this guy?" Like, I don't feel like he's that good, but like, he keeps winning, and I could see, I could see the NFL, you know, explosiveness just come out in these five to seven second bursts when he needed it. So, I, 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 I think Reyes has a, you know, I, 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 I think he's got a point. Um, yeah, again taking it a little too far when he says Jones has never faced an athlete like that. Um, That's just patently not true. But, you know, when I look at, if I look at the record here, I mean, the Chris Weidman knockout obviously is, is tremendous. And that's, that's, but is it, that's what got him. Is it right? uh, I mean, it's not the Chris Weidman of old. And I know I've, I've watched that fight. To, to, to go and uh, to, to obviously like leading up to this, um, watching more of Caitlin's fights, more of Antina's, or like even ones I've already seen, going back, watching them again. Uh, Chris Weidman in that fight, he was running after him, overextending, like just, you know, not, not using his fight IQ at all, like he once did. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, you knocked out Chris Weidman, cool. Uh, I know a lot of people are like, well, Chris Weidman's been knocked out so many times. Yeah, it comes into, into effect, but um, if Chris Weidman's fighting his fight, he's not going to get knocked out because he's not going to get popped like that. Um, yeah, he's, he wasn't even fighting anything like he normally does or even used to. Um, he, the name's good. Uh, obviously, it's a big challenge. Chris Weidman's still a top guy, but, I mean, moving up to 205... All these factors that go into it, uh, I think there's uh, better ways to, to uh, in my opinion, anyways, to judge Dominic or comp- uh, try to try to judge Dominic's uh, chances or uh, uh, skills against John's going into this fight. 
No, well, I, what I was going like to say the is... the Ozdemir fight. I thought he lost the Ozdemir fight. Well, yeah, that 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 you could definitely argue that. Yeah. But what I was going to say is, like, I the Weidman fight was the one that got him the the title shot. But yeah, yeah, the fight, the fights that are most important when I look at his record that make me think he might have a chance here are the where he knocked out Jared Cannonier and he and he cruised past OSP. Like I, the the guy that I saw in those fights, that was the guy that opened my eyes. The other fights, you know, he 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 had to he had to get a little lucky maybe against Volkan, mm. and you know, Weidman, you're right, was just like a he was he was just he was I like a pitch to knock Weidman too because I, I love I love Chris Weidman I not so much as a fan, but you know, I I was I was interviewing him and building a rapport with him back when he was on the local scene. Back in back in your neighborhood, and uh, yeah, he was just all, always cool as shit to me. And uh, one time I was doing a phone interview with him while he was driving, and he stopped to get gas, and he forgot his wallet at home, and he went into pay, and he's, he's arguing with the dude where he forgot his wallet, and the fucking the guy at the store thought he was gonna he was gonna rip, Chris Robin was gonna rip him off, so Chris is like apologizing to me that he has to go home and get his wallet, and this guy wants to keep his car. You know, what I mean? there's some history there. I love I, I love Chris Wyman, so I don't want to. I, you know, I hate to knock him and and be like, oh, you know, that win doesn't matter. But it, in in the grand scheme of things, that that's the one that got him here. But does that prepare you for John Jones? Yeah, nothing prepares you for John Jones. You you have to mentally decide that you're not gonna check out against John Jones. That's the first thing. So many of these guys, like you've seen, ha- have just been defeated by him before the fight even starts i mean it, but at some point right like how old is john jones now and and how many miles does he 30, have on him 32 or something yeah th- that's another thing about jones too his last fight he won a split decision against tiago santos his fight before that he won a unanimous decision against anthony smith um you know the osp fight went to a decision uh the uh, the the second DC fight and the uh, Gus fight. I know he finished both of them. I think DC was in the second and Gus was in the fourth, maybe the second Gus one. Um, like speaking in terms of John's recent fights, but so last fight, I mean, split decision against Tiago Santos, and Tiago Santos had no fucking legs. Like <laughs> he destroyed everything in one leg, and the other one he fucked up. So, uh, and, and like I said, Smith before that. Uh, is this the, uh, the, you know, the the decline of John? Has John not been able to get up for these fights? Because um, of before that, he went to a decision with with uh, Gus in in uh, in Toronto. There, that that first fight they had, he had the decision with Glover. He had the decision in with DC in the first one. You got to think all these five round championship fights and the the training for them. The, the actual minutes spent in there, the damage you take in the fights, plus the wear and tear of the media duties, the the stress of fucking, you know, every, since he's been 23, every fight he's been in has been five rounds, main event, title fight. Um, even though that all didn't go five rounds, but there's still that, that weight on your shoulders leading up to it. So when you talk about Miles, he definitely has them. In his last couple outings... Uh, you know, we're, we've been going decisions. We went to, to a split decision. So, 
I guess if if we look at that and um, you know somebody could make the uh, the case that John is is on his his downfall. He's in his early thirties. Obviously, there were some years earlier in his career where he was doing things that weren't gonna um, help you later on in life. Uh, not like he's old or anything, but who knows uh, how many fucking lines of coke he did or how much drinking he was doing at one point in those years he was off and stuff too. That anything could be um, like that could take a f- effect on him or take a toll on him. Um, Look on the on the flip side of that, he his. If you go back to okay, you go back to the Chael Sonnen fight, which which was yeah. April twenty seventh, twenty thirteen, and since then, he's only had one official win that was a fight where uh, that didn't go to a decision. the The Cormier fight, um, the second one was, you know, he did appear to knock him out. Right, with the you know the head kick and then the, the and then the punches, but then it was overturned because of the the positive drug test. So all the other fights, like you just went over, that's that's one you know clean <laughs> we'll say because you know the other one resulted in as mentioned one clean finish <laughs> in the last you know six plus years, right? That means usually an athlete's prime, if they're a male, is considered to be 27 to 31. Now, of course, all men are not created equal. So, <laughs> you, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure for some, their primes come early. For some, their primes come later, right? Like yeah. we were just talking about Randy Couture. It'd be hard to argue that Randy Couture didn't have a later prime. That's just the way he was made sure. up and, and built. John sure. Jones... Is, is still, you know, he's been unbeatable. But like you said, the more times you dip into that well of going yeah. to decision, 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 and then the last one against the guy with a with a mangled knee, a fucking mangled knee. Oh, the like, one knee the was gone. Where, where yeah. I told you after that fight that that guy should fire his corners yep. for not stop. there's no Yo, way. that was that guy unbelievable. Was my fighter i would have thrown in the towel and never let him continue to do yep. i don't care if it's a title shot like i don't think i i hope that tiago santos eventually makes a full recovery from that but that was so not good and mm-hmm. w- so what was he going to do so if he so if he was able to win the fight and, and get the belt like He'd be so fucked. he's still going to he be been stripped two- he yeah, would have been like, he would have been stripped because there's no way that fight was in like uh, I think July last year, um, and he's still hobbling around and shit. So there's no way yeah. he would have been able to defend within 30, 365 days. Um, he they might not necessarily stripped him, um, but what are you going to do, you, John? It would definitely be John versus someone else for an interim belt. In the meantime, right, and I know, right? and I know he, you know, so, thirty five. I know he's thirty five, thirty six, and and you're like, well, this is his shot, whatever. But like, you know, that that knee injury is like that's quality not even of life, fighting career. Type. Yeah, exactly, quality right. of life. That's, that's quality of life. Yeah, you know. So I I hope he recovers from it. You know, but I'm not confident he will. Um. Anyway, 
point being, right, that against a a guy who was four or five years older than him who had a mangled knee, it still went to a split decision. See, and John, Anthony- John says that that the reason uh, he fought the way he did, he didn't even attempt takedowns with Tiago because he wanted to beat Tiago at his own thing because he knows how dangerous he is, and that was the challenge that he had to bring to himself to get himself fired up for the fight. Um, okay, whether, whether that's true or not, right, uh, that's stupid. Like, if it's, if it's true, it's dumb, first of all. Uh, if it's true, and uh, that, that's something you want to do, maybe it's not that there's, you know, John went to that split decision, whatever, but he still stood up with Tiago the entire time. What if he took him down? That shit could have been over in the first round. Uh, with, Dom, with Dominic Reyes, I don't, uh, I, there's, there's no specialty there. You know what I mean? There's no, uh, he's a Muay Thai expert, or he's a jiu-jitsu guy, or he's like Cormier, right? Cormier's a wrestler. Watch this. What's he do? Shoots for a takedown. John, right? John wanted to prove to Cormier in their first fight, I can wrestle with you. Against Thiago Santos, he wanted to prove this. With Dominic, nothing to prove. Uh, the last time there wasn't a whole lot to prove, I guess Muay Thai would be this guy's area of expertise, and the guy talked some shit that pissed John off was Brandon Vera, that I can remember. And that didn't go well, Oof, Brandon. That did not go well. <laughs> oh, second coming of Jesus Christ and all that shit. That did not go well. Um, so that like I I this, I, I know you were, you were talking. I jumped in, cut you off. This is like because I when John fights, especially because it's um his reign has been so long. Yeah, sure, he's done what he's done and. You know, had been stripped of the title and was suspended and this and that. But as far he he's never lost a fight, not even close. Um, so when things like this come up, I uh, you know start looking at things more. So like all these like random thoughts I'm rifling off. That's that's why because I look at you know okay is it because is a split decision with a guy with you know a half a leg? Um, is that because John's on the decline? But look what John did with the – he wanted to keep it in his realm. What if John would have took him down? Maybe John still is a star. Maybe John's better days are three years ahead of him because he hasn't taken a lot of damage uh, throughout his career, even though he's put you know the miles on in the cage. Aside from that first Gus fight, John doesn't really get beat up. That you see. You don't well, know what he's, what he's taking behind closed doors. Yes, you know? yes, yes. That's very true. That's actually something I bring up a lot to people. The uh, um, to get that good at something, like Floyd Mayweather, to get that good, he must have took some cracks in the gym, right? Like you know, you, you look at like a, a skateboarder or a BMX guy that's doing crazy ass stunts and landing them. Imagine how many he missed before he landed it, right? So it's uh, yeah, behind closed doors. Uh, there's that possibility, but uh, Luke Thomas, I was watching uh, one of his many shows the other day, and uh, the stats he was bringing up about John is uh, it's 66 or 68 percent of something or something. Uh, John uh, John's defense for strikes. So basically, one of every three strikes his opponent throws lands. Either the the other two get blocked or they miss. 
takedowns. I forget what the number, but it, but it was ridiculous. Versus uh, like takedowns against versus takedowns for. The numbers were so lopsided that if you look at those, it, it tells you that you're barely going to hit him. You can't take him down, and if he wants to take you down, he'll take you down. Um, and if he can still, you know, employ all those skills and doesn't do something like, let's say, if it's true, in the Tiago Santos fight, he want to keep it in his realm, kickboxing, Muay Thai, all that shit. And there's no realm to keep it in here with Dominic Riss, and uh, he goes out there and just does what the hell he wants. That that could be really bad. Um, or we might see, like you've said in the past, about the um, the spokes on the wheel. You know, if they're not all there that day, well, we may see a new champion. Because Dominic, Dominic Reyes definitely has the power to knock him out and the athleticism and his his uh, his best knockouts so far have came from counters. Yeah, so the thing is, it, it's, but it also has to be the right person in the right place at the right time. And what you're seeing is, I, I, you know, I, I, I think it's, I think it's possible. Like, I think it's, I think it's possible. You could see, put it this way, it wouldn't cost you much to to put down a parlay on Reyes and Chikagian to come back and pay you very, very, very handsomely. Um, and you know, I, I think even individually, they're probably worth individual bets. You just don't have to put much down to get a lot back. You know, for to get a lot of bang for your buck there. You know, I, I, I think it's possible. Chukagian, if you, if, you want to, if you want to even talk a little bit further about her, one other thing, here's a, here's a good stat. It, in, every, uh, in every fight she's had, she's always won at least two rounds from a judge because her only two losses were split decisions. Which means that there was one judge, in so in every one of her fights, somebody thought she won. <laughs> Even it, in her two some, losses, somebody thought she won. I'll so. bet three six five, like you said, you know, if somebody you know wants to get real, real courageous, and throw it out on both underdogs and parlay them, you're on bet three six five plus thirty nine hundred. I mean. So, and for people who don't understand that, you you put down a hundred bucks, you'd win thirty nine hundred, plus your hundred back, four grand yeah. in pocket. Fuck, um, lay down ten bucks, you're winning three hundred nine bucks. You're winning off off ten bucks. Yeah, it's thirty nine right. to one. So, so you know, and also if you're going to do that, just make sure you bet them individually too, because then if only one of them comes in, you'll still be covered for. You'll at least make back the money that you put down for the bet. That's the way. You, that's the way you do it. Um, it's it's. I'm surprised, you know, at like you and I were just kicking around doing some kind of show here, and it made me do a little more research, and you know, just just. I'm I'm not usually wowed by it. Hey, I mean, the last time we did one of these together, we told you. Watch out for Roxanne Motiferi, huge underdog, and she actually yeah. came through, regardless of the circumstances it happened. So we did get, you know, we did get one of those recently. And, like, we don't just sit here and pick underdogs all the time. Like, I, in this, on, this, on that same podcast I told you, I thought that Conor McGregor was, like, the lock of the year. 
like whatever it was if it was he was minus yeah. 450 I'm like yeah it sounds like a bargain to me like it it just I didn't like that matchup at all I also oh, liked Raquel oh. Pennington over Holly Holm and that didn't that that one didn't turn out so well but you know two out of three ain't bad yeah, I mean you except also picked Holly like a, over Ronda you picked Holly over Ronda that can never be <laughs> forgotten that should be on your tombstone when you finally go <laughs> Yeah, I, I could find other things for my tombstone, but yeah, fa- father of three, all these other things, all these other accomplishments, and then right at the bottom, this is, he picked Holly over Ronda, and and that was a hard one for me because I I love Ronda, like yeah, but, but no, it, you broke that yeah. down exactly like what happened. I mean, the episodes out there every Nick and Choke Radio, like listeners can go dig that up, like it, that. You you said exactly what Holly needed to do, but the the only thing that was you didn't commit, right at the at at the end when we when we were just saying like okay so who is it and you're like you know you got to go with Rhonda but you broke down exactly what Holly needed to do and she did exactly that. Yeah, it's true. I not, forgot. Not you... right down to the head kick and everything else, but that 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 moving and. You know, as they say, staying on your bike, stick and move, stick and move. Like, and you, you were saying, I forget who you brought up uh, you, that you compared it to. I think it was Carlos Condit versus someone. And you said, look the way Carlos fought that person. And it's Jackson, right? Um, Jackson versus yep. John. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Carlos. I, I could be wrong. But yeah, whatever it was, you were like, look, that's, uh, that, look at the way they got him to fight. For some reason, I want to say Nick Diaz, but that doesn't make complete sense. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you nailed that. No, you know what? Nick I think Diaz. it was Clay Guida. I think I talked about Clay Guida. They made Clay Guida they completely change his style for and a fight. boring against somebody. And you said yeah. they can stop him from being like wild and aggressive. Clay Guida, maybe, yeah? Because, cause, yeah, was... that could do just... Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, anyways, the, uh, listeners, you guys should go check that out. You should tweet, wow. you should tweet that from the from the RNC account. Dig it up and find it. Well, maybe you can. I don't know. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I ain't doing shit. I'm at the building downtown. If you need me, um, okay. So are we uh, uh, are we wrapping this shit up now? Yeah, dang it. Okay. Um, real quick before we get the hell out of here, uh, let's uh, let's let's lock in some picks so we can be held to our word. But before we get to the two fights that. You know we're gonna we're gonna lock him in for this. We, we got to add one more here. Derek Lewis, Ilya Latifi. What do you? Yeah, think? I, I Latifi I'm, I, going up to heavyweight for the first time. Derek Lewis in his hometown, Houston, and it was his birthday like two days ago. You think you think my balls as hot as winning is Latifi winning? I I mean I. I think that Latifi does have – I'm going Lewis. I, I do think Me Latifi too. does have I, – I think he does have a path to victory though um, because if he could use his speed and the lose – like we were just kind of talking about it actually. Like he might be able to stick and move him. You know, he might have a big – Speed advantage in terms of being able to get the hell out of the way. Rumor on the Derek, street is Latifi is two is a, is around two fifty right now. Yeah, but I mean two hundred fifty pounds. He's but he's used to moving fast. 
he's used to moving faster against 205ers. So even if he's even if he's adding weight like that, you know, I, he still probably has an elusiveness advantage there, and he's got to use it. Like if he if he can be hard to hit, that that makes it tough for Lewis because he's you know he's he's got the you know he's got the big gas tank, but you know he doesn't get good mileage, you know. So I, I think I mean I wouldn't go against Lewis, but I, I think I think Latifi could have a plan, and it's to you know stick move stay away and try to beat him in a decision, or or catch him if he can. So you're going with Lewis? Yeah, yeah, I'm going with Lewis. Me too. Me too. Okay, Valentina and Caitlin. Well, listen, I, I this is a biased pick. This is a this is a heart pick for sure. I do think Caitlin has a path to victory here, and that is to go go five. You know, gather. You know, she could win every round that she needs to. She needs to win three rounds in this fight, and she can win them by the slimmest of margins and walk out with a belt. And what she's going to have to do is she's going to have to defend well. She's going to have to have her times when she can counter. And she's going to have to have, you know, some bouts of explosiveness. And maybe, maybe if she can, land a big kick here and there where uh, it could set up like another combination. You know, I would I would highly doubt that this is where she's, you know, she's not finishing these other, you know, lesser fighters I doubt that she would finish Shevchenko. I also doubt that she's going to get finished. So if she can hang around for that long and and win three rounds by the skin of her nose, uh, she could walk out of there with a, with a belt. So since she's at such big odds, I mean, I think it's worth putting down. You know, you don't have to put, put you don't have to put down that much to win back a lot. So I'll this time I I will. I will commit for you. I will commit. And I'll say she finds a way. She finds a way to okay, to, bef- to squeak it out. Before I uh before I give uh my two cents on this fight, um what you were just saying about uh you don't think Valentina even if uh or Valentina will finish her. You think Caitlin even if she loses it'll go to a decision? And uh, her her key to victory is winning those three rounds, ra- winning three rounds at least, right? I just pulled up the over under. Looking at it, the uh, to make it plus uh, plus four point five rounds, the under is plus one thirty seven, the over is uh, minus one eighty eight. Three point five rounds, the over minus two twenty five, the under plus one sixty two. Two and a half rounds, the over minus three thirty four, the under plus two forty. One point five rounds. Oh, it just did an automatic update on me. Whoa, <laughs> the number the numbers just changed. Wow. Uh, uh the uh one point five rounds, the over is minus six hundred and the under is plus four hundred. So that's how that looks on the betting lines right now. Okay, so to translate for people, it is heavily, heavily, heavily 
favored that the fight is going to go the distance. That's what that means. No shit. No, that is crazy. I'm glad I looked at that. Wow. I mean, I don't want to tell you people where to spend your money, but you might want to listen to this guy. Shit. Okay. So uh, So listen, if you got got the fight going the distance, right, like that's, that's not quite half your battle because she still has to, you know, be able to beat Chevchenko, which is not going to be easy. But, I mean, at least if Vegas is telling you that it's going to be a five-round fight, you know, and you That's got like somebody. Like we were saying before, the, the line <laughs> tells tells the story sometimes. That's it right there. Yeah, and and if you got a fighter who has, you know, had at least one judge in every single one of her fights believe that she's won the fight, that means she's at least won a round or two in every single one of her fights, even the losses. Like, why would she, you know, I mean, unless there's just that big of a gap between these two, which it's possible, um, you know, why not take a shot that she steals, you know, she wins two rounds and steals another? I mean, it's not crazy. Mm-hmm. She's long. She could she could keep her away. W- what are you doing? What do you got on that? What what do I think of this one? Uh, like earlier, you said the uh, the like if you bet to win, like that line, the minus twelve hundred against the the plus seven hundred. That's cyborg lines. Uh, that's ex- I've. It's not like that's what I thought of it. That's I've been thinking this leading up to it. You can't. I can't go against Valentina. The same way I couldn't go against Cyborg until it's the same like with GSP back in the day. It's like okay, you get to a point where I just unless it's like you know uh, you just you just goddamn know like Chris Weidman actually when he fought Anderson there was just I I knew I just I knew I knew he was I knew he was going to beat Anderson, but uh, even going into the uh, the Nunes Cyborg fight. I was saying that this, you can't, I can't go against Cyborg. I couldn't because of all, all of what she's done, right? And with Valentina, it's the same thing. I just, I'm not confident enough in, uh, in Caitlin that she's the one to dethrone Valentina Shevchenko. I just don't see, I don't see the, uh, like even how you explain, you know, here's, here's the, the avenue for Caitlin to win. I don't see her getting to that avenue. Uh, I see her taking, even though Valentino land less, Valentino's strikes are going to be a lot worse. And as far as ground game, I just, I don't think either one of them give a shit to, uh, to, 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 you know, to start wrestling and going for submissions. If it gets there, sure, we'll we'll see where things are at. I'd still give, obviously, the edge to Valentino there, Uh, but... Uh, I think it's going to stay standing. I think Caitlin is going to just absorb too much punishment, uh, especially to her body. She has a long, thin body, and Valentina throws vicious fucking body kicks, and they snap, and they're they're fast and they're hard. Um, yeah, I just there's too many too many things, and and plus the what she's shown and the gap in uh, what Caitlin has shown. To uh, to Valentina, There's, I can't go against Valentina, so I'm locked in with Valentina. Uh, main event: 
John Bones Jones versus Dominic. Did you know he used to be called Relentless Reyes? But now he's the Devastator. <laughs> not cool. Uh, as long as it's not, his name is Dominic. As long as it, as long as you don't call him Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Jason Perillo. That's our guy. That was the best ever. Yeah, yeah fuck. I was, I was gonna tell people to go dig up another episode of Rear Naked Choke Radio. Yeah, that was a that classic. Yeah. That was uh, yeah, uh, striking coach Jason Perillo. We had him on right after Bisping won the title. It was uh, the Monday after or the Tuesday after, and I remember texting him that day. Uh, I was out at a uh, Korean barbecue place, and he told me, I'll do it if you don't mind if I'm drinking. I was like, fuck it. I'll have a few beers on the air with you. I didn't know he was going to be half in the bag when we called him. Yeah, by the time we were done, fuck. Derek. He did, it. he did a great job, though. Yeah, so my son is also named Dominic, and he was referring to him as Derek, which was nice. Yeah. <laughs> this is my, so. my son Dominic's in the room now. Yeah. Hell, hey, Derek. But plus, <laughs> plus, you said, oh, hold on, my kids are coming in the room because this was after the show, right? But we were just still talking. And uh, hold on, my kids are still in the room, or my kids are coming in the room. So, you know, just keep things to, to like, you know, PG or G language. And you said, uh, I think it was just Dominic and Xavier that came in, though. And you said their names, and Dominic said something. And he was like, hey, Derek, how the fuck you doing? We're like, oh my <laughs> God. Oh Oops. my God. <laughs> Good thing at least he's heard that one before. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yes, so John Jones, who you got? Dominic Reyes. Yo, I'm going first this time, John Jones. John, how, I mean, same same thing. How am I going to go against John Jones? I and not even like how am I going to go against like uh, um, I, you know I'm such a big fan or anything like that. But uh, John has any sort of test I thought right like you know what's going to happen when he faces this kind of striker or that kind of striker like whether it be a Lyoto or like a Vitor what's going to happen when he faces a wrestler jiu-jitsu guy who's like you know because John is he's that he's a, a, a mixed martial artist Sure, you can say he was—he was—he has a wrestling base, but it's not like he has a Cormier or a Dan Henderson wrestling base, right? Um, so he, he's like a, um, a Roy McDonald in a way, right? There's just there these guys that are just they're mixed martial artists. They're, they kind of uh, train everything, and they have from the start. So that was the thing. Like, oh well, what about you know when John is facing like, like a karate master like Lyoto? Or uh, a wrestler like a Bader or a Cormier, um, or you know a tough as nails guy like a Glover Teixeira, or the long boxer from Europe like a uh, uh, Gustafsson, right? Like all these—he's just passed every single test, and uh, it's tough to go against them. I—I I don't see. Uh, it's not like Dominic Reyes has no fucking chance whatsoever, but. I don't see anything he brings to the table that John can't defend um, or see coming. And I think John can make him fight John's fight. And if it's what I really think is, like I was saying before, John wanted to fight Tiago Santos in his own realm. So that's what got John 
uh, fired up for that fight. Uh, and DC, obviously, it has those, like it has the, have the history and different things. With this, it could be like a brand of type thing. Like even even at the at the one press conference from back in like I think it was December. Uh, Dom, Dominic is standing there going, "Hey, John, you're gonna put that belt on my shoulder?" And he's patting his shoulder. He's like, "Why don't you put it here right now?" And John pointed his finger in his face like a grandfather would do to a grandson. He's like, "You're being disrespectful right now." Um. I don't know if a pissed off John Jones is the thing you want after you. You're not going to rattle his mind. You're just going to piss him off even more. And if he's just is like, I don't need to prove anything in any realm with you. So I'm going to, you know, extend my arms. Fucking figure out range for a minute or two. Get you down. Get you mounted. And unleash those vicious elbows um, that snap Brandon Vera's orbital socket. Um, or if you just... Here's another thing, because John Jones is obviously a wild man. He's he's fucking sick. It, it he'll I won't be surprised if he fucking he plays with his food. You know what I mean? He he beats Dominic down to where he could finish at any point and just keeps fucking him up for another ten or fifteen minutes, another two or three rounds of just fucking playing with his food, beating on him, brutalizing him more, but not putting him away. So Dominic has to suffer because John really does not like him. It's not even like a Cormier thing where it's like, uh, you know, they didn't like each other. But I think uh, a lot of that uh, sprouted from the greatness they both aspired to achieve. And they knew that, you know, each other are in the way of it. With Dominic, I think John's just like, how, how who the fuck do you think you are? Right? Like, I, so... and. and I, I think that could be a terrible, terrible thing for Dominic Reyes. John Jones, 100%. Um, I don't see Dominic getting it done. By, I just don't see it. Not fucking happening. I, I, I think you just convinced me even more that this is the value play to take Reyes. Because if John Jones does all... Uh, I, I, I just... I don't know why he would even put that to risk like why would he even do it why would he bother one of the things that that gsp always did was he would look at the other fighter and determine okay what does this guy do best what is this guy's best chance to beat me and then you know what he did he immediately took it away and once he started to lose the ability to just automatically be able to take that that away as we you know we've seen in these rare fights that he's had you know more advanced times in his career he figured out a way to to still win the fights but at at a higher weight when you have um you know the subtle difference of you know a guy at 205 hitting you is you know it, it is a difference it's you know just like a guy at heavyweight hitting you that those hits come harder and this guy has the knockout power so if he is playing with his food a little bit if he does think that he could just roll this guy well guess what reyes doesn't even have to hit him with a finishing shot to start with he just has to rock him and if he rocks him he might just he might just get the window and i and be able to put him put him out put him away like, which I we haven't seen with before. The, I think the, the playing with his food will happen on the ground, though. 
I think it'll be a lot of mauling, control on the ground, elbows, cutting him, shit like that. Not what's, I, I. What's the uh, I think what's he'd be the dumb. what's Sorry, the over ahead. under? What's the over under for one and a half rounds in this fight? Uh, give me a second. I'll pull it up. Uh, over under one and a half rounds. The over minus three thirty four. The under plus two forty. Okay, and what is it for, you know, where's the tipping point, sort of? What's the what's the lowest odds for uh, over, let's say? Uh, like, as which far as round up, is it? Uh, 4.5 plus 137, over. Okay, so Vegas thinks this fight's going the distance too, right? That's what, we're, that's what you're seeing? Mm-hmm. No, the underdog. Plus 137 is the over. 4.5 rounds. Right, which means it's... it's. But they're saying minus 110 is 3.5 for the over. Minus 110 for 3.5. Okay. Yeah. So they, they think it's it's going past... They think it's going into the deeper rounds, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely going championship rounds, right? Because, yeah, you're asking, like, the tipping point, right? Right, right. Right. So I think that that's right there, that 3.5, because it's minus uh, 163 is the over for 2.5. Okay. So what right. you do, what you do in a case like this is if you think Reyes is going to possibly be a live underdog to pull an upset, you also bet these unders to go with it. Because if he's going to beat him, he's much more likely to beat him by finishing him than he is if the fight goes the distance. Because we've seen John sometimes get into trouble, and he still figures out a way to win. But at some point, it becomes possible that he just gets into too much trouble, and boom, he's just finished. He's at, like, we saw it happen with Cyborg, right? The moment she got into too much trouble, like that was it. It was a wrap. It was a wrap fast. And, and a lot of us were not expecting that. So what I'm looking at, Jay, is not necessarily like, you know, if, if somebody put a gun to my head, would I pick, you know, Valentina Shevchenko over Caitlin Chikagian? Yeah, probably. But you know what? We're talking, about, we're talking about odds and we're talking about like trying to find value in the line. And in this case... I think there's value in in trying to pick these underdogs because you honestly you only need one of them to come through because the odds are so much in your favor. If if even so, so say Reyes wins but Chikagian doesn't, and you had Reyes, you're still going to make money, you know. Like for the other ones, if you're betting the other ones, like everybody has to win for you to just make a little bit, and you got to put out a lot to do that. So. I think there's value in the underdogs here. I, I, I really do. And sure, if like that night we were talking about Roxanne Modafferi. If you had money on Roxanne Modafferi, like and Conor McGregor paired up together, like you hit a nice parlay there. Like you got value. You found a way to find value in Conor McGregor being a huge favorite. So here, I I, I think you could use Chikagian and you could use Reyes. And if you're going to take Reyes. Take him, you know, say Reyes and, you know, under one and a half, Reyes and under two and a half, because you're going to get like big pluses there. You're going to, you're going to get, you're going to get solid money to, to, to parlay it. So that's where I, I think there's value in the lines here.
there. I think that you can you can find it. And you know what? Sometimes listen. I bet a lot on horses. I try to find value there. And you know, sometimes your horse gets nosed, and sometimes your horse comes in last. But you know, every now and then that that long shot comes in, and you only need to hit one every now and then for it to be worth it. So when you can find a time where you actually can say, wow, you know, yeah, I think the other ones are going to win, but, you know, there's a few ways that, that these long shots could win, then that's when you go for it. Plus, you don't have to invest as much, you know. You, you don't have to put up as much because you're going to be getting back so much because the odds are good. So Lewis, Chukagian, and Reyes, and the under like one and a half and two and a half rounds in uh, in the Reyes-Jones fight. That's that's where I'd go. And you would go Jones, Shevchenko, and Lewis. Oh, if we're, if we're betting, I would have a completely different strategy. I would be bringing in prelim fighters that have good odds and shit. But, I mean, if we're, 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 if it we're betting straight to win, boom, 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 single fights, uh, I'm going Lewis, Valentina, and uh, John Jones. You can, okay. tell, you can tell I, t- I, I take a lot of risks, eh? <laughs> Fa- uh, the, the, the public tends to bet favorites and overs. In football, <laughs> you know, well, maybe, maybe in MMA they don't bet the overs as much because they're looking for knockouts and finishes. But, yeah, I mean... Any any kind of favorite is usually what the public is is leaning toward. They they don't usually lean toward underdogs, so that's why you can usually find more value in the underdogs. But like I said, like I'm not just I'm not just throwing it out there. Like last time we did this, Conor McGregor was maybe the biggest favorite on that card, and I was all over that. You know, like I'm like yeah, let's 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 stick with him. In this case, I don't know. You know, at some point, is John Jones going to lose? Probably. Is this the time that it, that it's going to happen? I think it could. And, you know, Shevchenko, like we said, if you really dig deep into into the fights that she's had and the ones that she's won, it's it's not that much different a body of work than what Chukagian has had. It's it's not as It's not as big of a gap as it looks like. And you know what, Jay? The one that the fight that I'm actually thinking of was when uh, everybody thought that uh, Joanna Junjacek was just this all-time level dominant champion at 115. But when you really drilled down into it, right, and you really started to look at the fights, it it was it was like a little overblown. Like it it had a lot to do with the way she just absolutely destroyed Jessica Penne. But then, you know, when she was going against Rose Namajunas, like, you actually could have seen that one coming a little bit. I think we actually did, in a way. Um, but, it, like, she was never the, the the all-time, you know, like, she wasn't in the category of, like, that Amanda Nunez is in. You know what I mean? She wasn't in the category of, like, John Jones, yet you saw her on these, you know, pound-for-pound, pound, like, you know, she'd be in the top three pound for pound, but she was never really that dominant. She just had a good string going. And here, like if you examine the opponents, I mean, Shevchenko can get there, but 
this just doesn't seem like that lopsided of a of a matchup to me. It just doesn't. So there you go. So you're going. I said it. I said Lewis, it. Lewis, Chukagan, Reyes. Yes, and I and I think the Reyes. under. If you're taking if you're taking Reyes, you take the unders. What if you take the straight up bet? Well, I mean, you hundred dollars on the table. I'd say hundred dollars each. I'm not betting this to you right now. But I don't. I don't fucking gamble. You see how that goes. Um, but if, if if a straight up bet, would you take that bet with someone right now? Would you put a hundred bucks on Reyes versus their hundred bucks on John? No, that's ridiculous. Like even even odds. Like come on, no. I'm okay, I'm but not going... playing the odds then. So who do you think is going to win the fight? You're going with Reyes. You think there's a chance there? No, but you see, you're 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 defying my logic here. You're you're asking That's me true. like you're you're asking me a different question. Like I'm I'm qualifying my remarks by saying that I'm finding value in in the lines, and I think that there are times when an underdog is is worthy, and you're not always going to hit with them, but you don't need to hit with them as often. When you're betting favorites, especially heavy favorites, you have to hit with them all the time otherwise you're going to come out losing money just from a fight perspective you know if you if somebody gave you even money odds on these things of course you just take the favorites they're the more established fighters there's you know all these lines are lopsided right so it of, of course you just you you take them take the favorite yeah, yeah. so but you, you, uh okay I'm getting at here. I like, think I think Reyes. Reyes I, I let me say this. I'll okay, say this. You, you're going to go with Reyes, thinking there's a legit chance. Um, whether it's you know the betting angle you explained, if somebody wants to play the money, or if somebody just you know it, it, they want to cheer for someone, you there's a, like a, a, a real chance there. You, like you think uh, Reyes is the one to dethrone John Jones? I I I think he has a real shot. I think real he has shot. a real shot to do it. Yeah, cool. I do. Okay. And Chukagian Shevchenko, I think, is I, Shevchenko still has an advantage, no question about it. She's got an advantage on experience. She's got an advantage on being in the big stage. She's she's very comfortable, uh, you know, being in the middle of the splite. But just from from a background perspective and from a fighting perspective, I I think that, you know, you're getting a cyborg line, line in a fight that's not a cyborg mismatch. I, don't, I do not think this is a mismatch. I don't think it's a mismatch. I, I, you know, I don't if think they fought, mismatches. If they fought 10 times, like how many times would Caitlin win? I don't know. Two or three, maybe. Maybe. If Reyes and Jones fought ten times, how many times did Jones win? Six. Six, I mean, really? Holy shit. Hey, you got some real faith in Reyes. I like it. I'm telling I like you, I, I don't know. It's going to make Saturday you know night me, real interesting. Like, I never, I, ne- I don't think I've ever picked against John Jones in, the, in any of the fights that we've done here. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever picked against them. Even the Cormier fights, I was like, nah, um, um, 
I just didn't I just didn't like the way Cormier matched up with him. And you know, I think the funny thing is, I think Cormier is better than Reyes, but I think Reyes just presents a, a, just a different set of circumstances and getting John now at this time and I don't know. I just don't think there's that much impeding. Like theoretically, Jay, if you want to talk about the the lines again, Jones should be even a bigger favorite than he is if this fight is actually that lopsided. And I'll be interested to see if I any late. I, I want to see how the late money comes in on this. If people just if late money comes in on Jones and it and it moves that line significantly one way, or late money comes in on Reyes and moves it significantly one way like i'm interested to see that yeah it's it's a really interesting um even like like i just said a minute ago i'm not a, a gambling person but back when we were doing a rear naked choke radio all the time we would do betting angle shows very often and um it was it was cool to learn uh especially from like Nick Kalikas, right? Like how, how it works, how late money works, how odds change because of favorites and how money comes in and, 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 and the way that the story it tells back to that again. Right. Um, so like you're saying about late money, since we've talked about this, I'm definitely going to pay attention to it. I don't do it for every fight. Like I used to, to pay attention to the, um, uh, uh, late money coming in or how the, how the lines change from, you know when the uh, the the opening betting line, and then throughout the process leading up to the fight, but when it does come up, uh, or if it's like you and I doing a show like we're doing now, I'm uh, gonna pay attention to that more. And it's really interesting because it can go from like minus twelve hundred plus seven hundred to like a completely different line that you like it, it would they they won't even resemble the same thing. You know how some they'll move. 10 20 points whatever maybe even 100 but that that could late money can change lines so drastically as Nick Kalik has uh, explained to us that you'll see things almost even out at times i mean not this this is too big for that but there's times you'll see you know something that's like a a plus 180 or a plus 190 or some shit and the other person is uh say minus 170 and as it, late money comes in and you see that start evening out where it's like a, a plus 125 and a minus 100. Uh, it, it's really interesting to see because that adds to the story as we've talked about so much. Well, and, and one of the fights we talked about was Holly Holm when she beat Ronda Rousey. Yeah. she was a, The odds were similar, maybe not quite this much, but they were similar to Shevchenko and Chukagan. I think it was Rousey was probably like minus a thousand or thereabouts and and home was like plus 550 or something like that and it and a flood of late money came in on home a ton it moved the line like crazy in the last few minutes so you never know that's 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 one way to validate or invalidate all the shit that we just said in the last whatever hour and a half <laughs> so much it, 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 an hour and a half so much for our 15-minute show. No shit. We're good at doing that. Right. Eh? Yeah, we are. So. All right, so that's going to do it. Hopefully you you get this in time to make your UFC 247 
picks. We just focused on the big ones this time. Sometimes we, you know, sometimes we dig deep and we go into like the prelims and if we find fights on there. But this one was this one was all about the uh, the main event and the co-main event for UFC 245 Houston. So I think that will do it from here. Uh, Jay, you want to give the building downtown stuff again? Yeah, uh, building downtown at building DT uh, downtown. At Building DT, myself at Jay Kalamame, uh, my usual co-host Kirill Kasatsky. You can follow him at Apostle Raps. Um, I'm not even gonna try to fucking spell it right now. Um, <laughs> follow us on, uh, uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, everywhere. Follow, subscribe, Facebook. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm leaving something out. Yeah, whatever. It's all good. Well, I know that Amazon Alexa will. You could ask it to play the building downtown, and it will play it. I think you could ask it to play Rear Naked Choke Radio podcast, and it will play that too. And speaking of which, you can follow it at RNC Radio, and you can follow ah, me, Joe. Sort of leave it out. Ah, Rear Naked Choke Radio. Yeah, but I'll do that one. And you can follow me, Joe Rizzo, at Rear Naked Choke, all one word, no underscores, yes, the original. And, yeah, I think we're we're on Facebook there, uh, facebook.com slash Rear Naked Choke. So that'll do it. UFC 247. These shows are cool. You could you could listen to them even afterwards. Sometimes I get more of a kick out of re-listening after to see if, you know, what kind of credibility we had for these events. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, I, as I said, good luck, Caitlin, uh, our old pal. You know, RNC Radio always has your back. So, for Jay Kelly, this is Joe Rizzo. Thanks for listening to The Building Downtown and Rear Naked Choke Radio coming at you live. The Building Downtown. Building Downtown. Building Downtown. Building Downtown.